take Destiny and welcome. Welcome. We are so glad to have you in the house. We are glad to have you tuning in online. So if you would now stand up and join me for a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you are already in this place. You are here with us in this sanctuary. You are with us in our homes. You are with us in our vehicles. I thank you, Father God, that you are so mighty. It doesn't matter where we are physically, distance-wise, you are right there with us. The very same God who is here is with you right now. You don't have to feel like you're missing out. Yes, there is something special being here in the house, but the very same God who is here is with you right now. So open up your hearts and receive his presence. Open up your hearts and allow him to touch you in a way that you have not yet experienced before. And I say the same thing in here. Do not be complacent just because you are physically in the house, but let him touch you where you are right now. Experience him anew. Father God, we ask that you come in. We know that you are here, but we say welcome, Father God. Welcome into this physical place. Welcome into the place of our hearts and in the place of our minds. Father God, have your way in us on this morning. And I thank you, Father God, we're not here just to kickstart the week, but we are here just to reignite, Father God, what we have already been doing throughout the previous week and what we will continue to do in the week to come. Father God, we thank you that when we begin to praise and worship, Father God, that we release the cares of today, the cares of yesterday, the cares of tomorrow, because your word says that tomorrow has enough worries. We don't need to be concerned about tomorrow. And I thank you right now, Father God, that as we are praying, as we are worshiping you, as we were lifting up your name, Father God, that you are taking care of. You are going before us and you are fighting battles. That our praise is a weapon that we need for that breakthrough that we is waiting for us on the outside in our jobs, in our homes, with our families and our children. And even in this city and in this nation, Father God, I thank you for the men and women who are in this building. I thank you, Father God, for their prayers that reach you, that touch heaven. I thank you for hearts that are hungry for you, for minds that are stayed on you. I thank you right now, Father God, for every person in here who lives up a hallelujah who lifts up a sound of praise to you father god your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people and we don't have to be in here on a sunday morning when we praise you in our cars when we praise you on our lunch breaks when we praise you in our homes with our children watching you are there inhabiting our praises and i thank you for the men and women who are up here on this stage i thank you father god that they are not up here to entertain they are not up here to make us go into a place of worship but they are here to encourage us. I thank you that the time that they spend in your presence and praise and worship, it is translated into their continued praise and worship here. It is not a show. It is not a pretense. It is just an outpouring of what they do on a daily basis. And now we just get to join them collectively and as one body with one God and one purpose to serve him. I thank you right now, Father God, for this day. I thank you, Lord, that you are here. My God, you are here. Have your way, oh God. Have your way. Have your way in me. Have your way in the man of God as he brings the word. Have the way in your people, Father God. And I thank you, whether we are in the 
that sanctuary, in that nursery, and children's church, the toddler room. Let your people experience a touch from you. Let your people experience you in a way that they have not experienced you before. I thank you, Father God, that there is no limitation for you. There is something that you do not know, and that is impossible. You do not know impossible. You don't understand impossible. So when we have situations that we think we cannot face, we don't take impossible things to you because there is no such thing as impossible to you. And I thank you right now, Father God, that we will begin to enlarge the territory of our minds, oh God. Enlarge the territory of our minds, oh God, so that when we look at situations, we don't put limitations on you. We simply say, Daddy, I've done what I need to do. Here's for you. And we rest, we rest in the knowing that you have never failed us and you will never. You have never left your seed begging bread. And I thank you right now, Father God, that you can do all things but fail. I thank you for healing in this house today. I thank you for renewed relationships. And that one relationship renewed the most is the relationship with you, oh God. I thank you, Lord, that we will begin to look to you, not last but first. We will begin to look to you when we need just a little bit of comfort, just a little bit of this, and we'll look to you when we need a whole lot of that and a whole lot of this. We will look to you and keep our eyes fixed on you, Father God. So as we walk out on the water when the world tells us we shouldn't, when we go into those positions that the world tells us we don't have the education for, when we go into the marketplace and we begin to take over those mountains that they say we cannot have, we say, but my daddy did. He created me for this, and I'm walking into the purpose that he created for me. I thank you right now, Father God. Remove the scales from our eyes that we may see you and that we may see ourselves the way that you see us that we no longer look at ourselves as grasshoppers, but as the mighty men and women who have been given a promise. We have promised lands to overtake in our homes, in our schools, in our offices, in the cities and in this nation, Father God. And I thank you, Father, we are well able for you go before us and you make those crooked places straight. I thank you right now, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for coming into this place with us. Thank you for giving us this ability to come in and collectively, corporately worship you and praise you and to lift you up, Father God. Come on in, God. Have a seat with us, your people. We long to experience you on this day. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. worship this morning. Morning praise is great, morning blessing. 
strongholds are coming down. Jesus is lifted high. Come on. Strongholds are coming down. Break them down, Jesus. Jesus is lifted high. Strongholds are coming down. Come 
continue to pursue us. Thank you for not letting us go. Thank you for holding us. Thank you for hiding us in Jesus. You are so worthy. You are so beautiful. 
Messiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, yes. and the train of his robe filled the temple. Oh, hallelujah. High and exalted. Listen to what the word of the Lord says. High and exalted. Hey, I need some Christians in this place to lift the Lord on high and to exalt his name and to praise him and to give him what he is due. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Lord, today we decide, we choose as a family, as a church family, to exalt your holy name. Oh, Jesus, you who is writing. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Holy Ghost, thank you for being in this place. I want to know if there's somebody in this place that wants to worship the Lord. Is there somebody in this place that is willing, that is willing to give it all to Jesus right now? Who is willing to give him your highest praise? Your highest praise, your highest praise. Come on, let's worship Jesus this morning. Come on, sing that out.
all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Should be everyone's cry. Take me into your throne room. Let me see your beauty. Let me see your face. Come on, can we just have everybody sing that? Can we just stay in this moment? Come on, just have your own conversation with Jesus. It's so sweet. Just have your own conversation with Jesus. Jesus. 
and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. worshiping him even in our stillness and in our quiet and he says there is a word for someone in here today that word is for you specifically that word is also for this house he has been nudging you he has been been unctioning you he's been saying yes I'm talking to you so yes he is talking to you he wants to hear he you hear him he has a word for you, but he also has a word for this house. I don't have that word, but I know that there is someone in here right now that God has been speaking to throughout this worship. And he said, it's just as important for you to get quiet before me as it is to praise, to shout, to sing, and to dance. So we're going to take a moment and just be obedient to rest in his presence and hear his voice. Thank you. 
And he said that um, we're going to have infinite wisdom. And there was, uh, he called out people uh, with a neck problem. And uh, he's healing that problem right now. And uh, God show me, Kevin, bless me. I mean, sometimes I'm just awakened talking to a congregation of thousands of people. And I, I don't, uh, it's, it's not even, uh, I'm not even fully awake, but I know that he has powerful words, powerful words. But um, God showed me Kevin. And he was uh, putting a crown upon your head. <laughs> and he was he had wrapped you in that cloak that you spoke of this morning. And he had an armor uh, that you were holding. And um, I believe that this is a manifestation that that is upon you. That he's going to walk. And your wife was there with you. And she was also uh, in a beautiful, uh, anointed uh, crown. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, those of you that have uh, some back injuries, he uh, was healing those last And there's a lady in our church that uh, I have been praying for, and, and I brought, uh, and, and God was just taking all the healing through her body and healing every little piece, every little piece. Uh, he shows me organs and, you know, I've had this, um, this gift for a long time and I was the cave dweller because I did not want to uh, be in front of people. But I know by his power he's given me this this day. But he showed a mighty wind and I and I, I I asked him. I said, "Brock, God promised me I'll see healings, and I'll see people risen up from illness." I believe in these things. I believe in these things, and I believe I want to see them with my eyes. I want all of you to know that this is coming and this is present. And there was just a mightiest wind coming through here. He, he's got so many dear people in this congregation that he, he, he knows. And, and, and uh, this gentleman, I, I want to call you Bill. I know it's a different name, but he says, he calls you Moses. He calls you Moses. And I just praise the Lord for all, all these words. But, you know, we, we sit in expectancy because expect to see what he's bringing to us. Don't have a doubt in your mind. And I just, I just praise you, Lord. I just praise you, Father God. And um, Pastor is, uh, you know, God has, um, it's, it's like he's opened your mind in this revelation knowledge that it's um, pouring in by a high level of spiritual understanding. Uh, God said he's giving us intelligence, revelation knowledge. Your eyes are not going to be blinded. You're going to see things. You're going to see things that you never thought you saw. I, I, you know, 
I, I believe everything. I'm like a child. If you tell me, you know, God, I will believe it. So I pray this anointing on upon the whole church and all this healing that's taken place. Father, we just praise you. Thank you, Father. And remember, the word that he was giving me is infinite wisdom today. Praise God. Come holy. Yes, God. Come on, rain on this place. Come on, let your presence be with us today, holy. Come on, continue to pour out your spirit on the house. Oh, Father, we love you. 
Come, holy, 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 holy. Come on, Father, saturate us right now, Father. Fill us up, holy. Come on. Come on, Father. Oh, we love you. We love you. Yes, Lord. Oh, we sit here and wait on you, Father. Yes, Lord. Come on, Holy. Come on, Father. Oh, Father, come on, Holy. We lift you up right now, Holy. Come on, Father. Come on, do only what you can do right now, Father. We surrender to you. Come on, touch each and every person in this house, Father. Wrap your loving arms around them. Let them feel your love this morning, Holy. Come on, Father. Come on, Holy. We love you. Oh, come on, Holy. Yes, God. Come, Holy. Oh, we love you, Lord. Come on, fill up each and every person right now, Father. Let us overflow with your love. Come, holy, holy. We thank you, Lord. We surrender to you today, Father. Have your way in this place. Oh, we worship you. We worship you, Lord. And we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your patience, your grace, your mercy. Oh, Lord, and we just surrender to you. Have your way in this place today. Oh, Lord, we just love you. And we give you all the praise. We give you all the honor and all the glory in the house. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody said amen. Come on. Let's lift up a shout of praise in the house. Let's give him what he deserves this morning. Come on. One last time, let's tell him who he is. <laughs> Come on. Yes, we serve a great God. A great God. Woo, do me a favor, find somebody you haven't seen in a bit, man. Give him an elbow and hug on him, whatever. Love you. Be right back. up. Uh-huh. 
Time has come, still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore, forevermore. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Good morning, good morning, good morning. All right, I know y'all love each other, but I'm going to ask you to take a seat. <laughs> Come on. That's awesome. Look, this is how family is, y'all, so just get used to it. <laughs> I know you don't need to hear from me today, but I think God's got a word for us. I don't. Not right now. I need it later. Just bring it to me later. <laughs> So good, so good, man. Oh. How's everybody doing? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. You guys love Destiny. Come on, what a family. Come on, we love. How about this? How about you love Jesus? Come on, let's give it up one more time. 
Well, hey, if you're new, uh, I'm DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church, and man, we love you all so much. Like, this is family, 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 and, and I, we would not want to do this with anybody but y'all. Uh, it is so good, and whoever else you bring, that's fine too, but they're welcome in the family too, but, uh, but we love you guys, so it's so good. It's just excited to see everybody. Everybody tuning in online, we thank you for checking us out this morning. We can't wait to see everybody back in the house, and it's so nice. Every week we keep seeing different people that are coming back home, and, and we love you and we miss you, but we know that God's moving right where you're at, and we understand that, that not everybody can be here. So we don't know your situation. We're praying for you, and we're just praying that when God makes the time right, everybody comes home because we miss you all, so we love you. But share this link. Get this out there, everybody. If you're watching online, share this with all your friends. Get it out there. We want people to know. Uh, what God wants to tell them today, man. We serve a great father, and he's got a word for everybody, even those people at home, wherever they're at, wherever they're watching. So, uh, look, if you're new to the church, fill out our Connect card. You should have got a Connect card either when you came in or we can get you one or it's at Connection Point, which is a big wooden desk in the foyer. Let us know you came to visit us, please, just so we can reach out to you, let you know how much we love you. We want to pray for you, and we also just want to tell you a little bit about the church. That's about it. So we're not going to bother you. We're just going to reach out to you and let you know uh, that we love you. And... Uh, Lots of things happening at Destiny. A quick rundown. You need to really download the app and go check out everything. Uh, or you can go online uh, to our website and check it out. But there's always something going on. Uh, it starts on Mondays with our Monday night prayer, 6 p.m. right here. So just come on out at 6 p.m. Come worship with us. Come pray with us. That's what it's all about. It's built on prayer, foundation built on prayer. So anybody can come on out. We just pray together. Uh, and it is, it is phenomenal. All these crosses, you see the prayer cross over there. That's everybody with a prayer. If you've got a prayer request, nail it to the cross because we're going to be praying for that all throughout the week. We, we focus on that. And then when there's a miracle, we drop it on that cross over there. So I'm telling you, I want to get it to where our miracle cross is bigger than our prayer cross. Come on, can I get, get an amen on that one? Because I'm telling you, I'll, I want to see that come down. So it's by prayer. It's everybody on one accord praying together for the same things uh, to keep moving. So that's important. Tuesday, come on out. Tuesday at the table. That's our midweek service. So uh, it's going to be a more uh, detailed message, kind of more uh, personal. You can ask questions, get answers. Uh, but, but it's wonderful. We never know who's teaching that. So come on out on Tuesdays. And we know God has a word for you. Wednesday night, come on. That's our student ministry, children ministry. Wednesday nights, come on. We love our next generation, period. Without them, we're going nowhere, <laughs> okay? So, so we are literally, we are just the people planting seeds, but the next generation, they're going to reap the harvest of what we're doing today. So we care about them, and, and they deserve um, our resources and our love and, and everything we can do for them. So I'm, I'm so thankful for them, and I'm thank, thankful for the leaders. You know, Friday night is our young adults, like 18 to 28. Get out here on Friday nights. Uh, we want to see you out here doing life with other people your age. Look, you cannot do life alone. That's what we say at Destiny. You've got to find people to get related to. This is a family. You know, this is a family, and that's what it's all about. So, so find people that you, you're like, uh, get together with them, start doing life together, uh, and, and hanging out together. It's really good. So, and if there's any small groups out there, check them out online. You can find them all online on our app, on our website. There are enough small groups to keep you busy. So, so get signed up. Uh, you cannot say there's nothing for me at Destiny. And here's the thing. If you do say there's not a small group for me, fine, come tell me that. And I'm going to ask you what you want to teach because we'll find one for you and you can run that group and we're going to make that happen because that's how we do it. It's really good. That's why God brought you here. So it's, it's awesome. Uh, just a couple quick things. Um, our heart for the house. Um, <laughs> I just love it because people keep giving. And, you know, that is so amazing when you say, hey, we're trying to raise uh, for a down payment for a property. And if you weren't here last week, we purchased the property middle of last week. 
So, so we own Destiny Church. We're not going anywhere. God has stamped this with his approval. But people are still giving. And I love it because God lays something on your heart and you don't care. You're going to continue to do what God asks you to do. And because of that, you're going to recognize that I'm going to be coming to you and just letting you know what we're going to be doing. Because you, you obviously want to know what's next. We've been praying for this for five years. Uh, but, but there are repairs. We have a parking lot, y'all, that, that we have got to get up and running so people can start parking out there because we're going to start filling this place up. So we need places to park. So we're going to start investing in that. So when you give to Heart for the House now, when you give to the building fund now, guess what you're giving to? The renovations to make everything the way it needs to be. You know, we've got, a, you know, we've got some floor. You know, I, I love Journey Church, but I don't want their emblem in our foyer anymore, y'all. We're going to put our stamp of approval out there. We're going to make sure we get this thing moving in the right direction. So when you give, that's what you're giving to. You're giving to a bigger vision uh, than what you can even think. So I thank everybody for giving. We're up to 29200 Come on. <laughs> Woo. That's just overwhelming. So I thank you. I thank you for your, uh, your faith, your obedience. And when, when God asks you to do something, we just have people that tend to just do what God asks them to do. And that's powerful. So I love that. I want to pray. We're going to jump into a message today and, and see where this goes. So hang on. Father, we love you. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we, we thank you for everything you're doing, not only in our house, but in, in the churches in this region. Father God, we just know you can touch each and every person, God. I ask you to be with all the churches today. Father, bless them. Father, come, just let your spirit hover over every church in this area. Father God, every church in the, in the United States, Lord, every church in the world. God, touch them all, Father. But, Father, we need you today. Just stay with us here, Father. We love you. Father, speak to my heart. Give me a word that's straight from you, none of me, Father God. We just surrender it all to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. All right. So we are officially out of the, the last, I don't even know what it was. So I don't even know what we were preaching on before. So whatever we were, we were before, unity, oneness, we're done. Uh, I just felt like God said that was it, and, and we're done. So now we're going into a new series uh, called Identity, um, because I think this is the next biggest thing for people uh, in their walk with Christ is to understand who you are. There's a lot of people that you just still don't know who you are. And this, this, is, this is really important that, that we focus on this. And when I think about this, I think about ID cards. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, because I'm a military guy, right? So... So every military person gets an ID card, and, well, that ID card gives you all kinds of stuff. It gives you access. It gives you authority. It gives you all kinds of things. Um, so when I think about identity, I think about that. Plus, I start thinking about people in their identity. I start thinking that people have an identity that was given to them by other people that they should have never received. And they're still walking around with that identity. They're still believing in what people said about them. Maybe it was something that's happened to them in their past, and they're carrying that with them. They're still carrying it with them, and they're not willing to surrender that to God. They're not willing to give that up. Uh, so, so here's my biggest picture of that is when, when I think of identity and I think of that, um, I was, you know, uh, I'm going to go back to the military because um, there are people in the military, and if you don't know this in the military, they have different levels of security clearances, just different levels. Um, but then within the security clearances, you also have different jobs where you have different badges that allow you to go to different places. So you could have a security clearance, but still not be able to get into certain places. Anybody ever been somewhere where somebody walks by you with a badge and they can get into a place that you can't get into? That's frustrating. Like, I want to go everywhere. Like, I, I, it, like, if someone walks through a door, I want to know what's behind the door. It's just how it is. 
I, I believe I have access to that. I believe I have a right to know what's behind the door. Uh, and I think we get caught up in that because we don't realize that, that when God gives you a fresh, brand new identity, you have authority, you have access to walk into places that other people can't go, and we choose not to bring our card to work. We choose not to access what God wants us to do. Okay, so, so I, want, I really believe God's moving us in this moment to say, it's time to talk about your identity and what God wants you to do and how God wants you to move and what God's placed you for and positioned you for and built you for. Man, I, I think about it, it was on the way to driving into the, the church this morning. I was like, man, it reminds me of those fast pass cards. Is it like Disney World? My wife corrected me. I thought it was like Six Flags this morning, but it was Disney World. You get these fast pass cards. Look, everybody that goes to Disney World, they can, they can ride every ride. Everybody can ride every ride at Disney World. But when you have the access card, huh, you can ride more. You have full access. You, 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 can, you can access more things than the people that just come to Disney World. So I want you to think about that when it comes to your faith. When you're walking close to God, the closer you walk with God, he gives you the authority to access things bigger and deeper than other people. And that's within your faith. That's within your faith. So you could have one Christian here and one Christian here, and this Christian has, guess what? Deeper authority, deeper access into what God wants them to go to. Why? Because they seek the Father. Because they want to spend time with him in the secret place. Because that's what he wants. He wants you to just hang out with him. And when you just seek him with all of your heart, he starts downloading things into you that gives you access and authority in places that other people can't even touch. Whew, so I don't know where I'm going today. I just know I've been fired up about this for like two, three weeks. I mean, he's been putting stuff in me on Monday night prayer, and I'm throwing things out there, and I'm like, I don't know where this stuff's coming from. And, and then I use it, and now God just kind of throws it on a piece of paper for me and says, you need to talk about this. And it starts to make sense. I can't guarantee you this is going to make sense. But I can guarantee you it's from God. And it's going to be for somebody. You know, I was thinking about the authority, and it's kind of funny. I started thinking about driver's licenses. Because, you know, when you got a driver's license, what's that do? Gives you authority to drive a vehicle. But it also doesn't mean you're good at driving a vehicle. Amen. Well, same way goes in your walk. You get saved. You get, you get born again. You have authority to walk in things. It doesn't mean that you're good at it yet. It just means you have the right to if you seek to. You have the right to grow. You have the right to be in his presence and allow him to teach you and grow you and mend you and make you better and better and better and better and better. So you have that right. Doesn't always mean you're great at stuff. That's what I love about serving a God who, who man, he just, he delights in mercy, brother. He does. He delights in it. So, um, so I believe that, that where we're going with this identity today is that, that I want you to understand that your identity gives you access and authority. And I want to try to lay that out the best I can. <laughs> so, so when I think about identity, I think about the, the, the everything we talked about, stuff you've been carrying around from your past, stuff that you've done in your past, stuff people said about you. That's what people tend to think of as their identity. Uh, but, but what we forget is that when we surrender to God, when we... When, when we turn everything to him, we're a new creation. I mean, that's what people tend to forget, is that, that, that when you surrender to him, you're a new creation. You're a new creation. 
and he gives you a new ID badge. <laughs> and I'm, I'm skipping all over the place. I love it. And we're going to get there. But my goal of this series is for you to understand who you are in Christ. That's the biggest thing. I want you to walk out of here understanding who you are and that you do have access and authority to greater things than you've probably ever positioned yourself or that you even ever thought you could walk in. And the deeper you go and the more you allow him to move in you, the greater things you can do because he's going to continue to pour in you. So if you're one of those jealous people that go, why is the person next to me walking better faith and why are they getting more favor? You really need to look in the mirror and go, what are you doing? Because he'll give you whatever you want. But it's going to take something. You're going, to, you're going to have to surrender stuff to him. And one of those things you have to surrender is your identity. And say, I don't need to carry that any further. Oh. And this is important because as a church, I want to be known as a church that, that operates as a family. That we understand who we are in Christ. I want to be a church that, that when people, people walk through the door, they say, you're different. It's okay to be different. I don't want to be a church that looks like a church down the road and we just do a little bit better than them. That's not Destiny Church. We, my, my goal is to have a church that, that God touches so much that it looks completely different than anybody else. That we are so whole in Christ that he's made us such a one that guess what? You can't break it apart. That people come to you because they want to know what is that? We don't understand that. That's what I want. And that's what I believe God's doing because he's bringing us together and he's knitting us together and he's forming us together. But it's going to take all of us coming together and saying, God, we trust in you. Man, leaning in, leaning into the word, spending time with him on your own, not just on a Sunday. Because if you just come on a Sunday, you're going to get to reap the rewards of a Sunday. So it's going to take more than that. And I'm not saying you got to show up at the church every day. What I'm saying is you got to find time to seek him in your own time, in your personal time. you got to make him a priority in your life. And when you do that, he's going to say things to you in your private time that is going to overwhelm you. And you're going to be like, what do I do with that? And he'll tell you what to do with it if you keep giving him time. Okay, let's see where I'm at. We're going to be doing this for the next couple of weeks. So... Um, So like I said, 2 Corinthians, I don't even know if I gave him that scripture, but if you want to know where that came from, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. It's here. You just have to accept it. He, he gave you a new ID card. He gave you a new driver's license. He gave you a new name. And he says, you just need to walk in it. Quit denying it. Accept it in your heart. I know I feel like I'm getting a little aggressive up here today, but hang in there it's okay we're putting the new seatbelts on the chairs later on <laughs> just in case we start turning the corner too fast <laughs> i need y'all to hang on so here's the thing what, what's he mean by anyone in christ it's it's your faith in him that's what it is so you're in him because you have faith in him so the deeper your faith in him the more he's in you tracking where i'm going with that Okay, so, so that's where you need to be. And the problem is, is that a lot of people, once you accept Christ, and once you're new in Christ, you, you think that's it. And you think you punch the ticket and you're good. You made it into heaven. And you're like, I'll just hang out until I die so I can get to heaven. And what you're messing up, what you're forgetting, what you're missing out on that other people have full access to is the fact that you can access heaven on earth. 
So, so why wait until you die when you can access everything right now if you just submit to him? If you go all in with him and spend time with him and allow him to pour into you and fill you up with so much love, you can't stop seeing heaven on earth. And everywhere you walk, it drips off you and it touches people. Whew, people get so fired up about him because of you. Or you can sit back and say, well, when I die, I'll go to heaven. Bible says it's 120 years, so good luck. Be a long time to sit around and wait for heaven when you can fully access it right now and you can have it right now. The problem is, is that when you get this, people think it's like, man, what a blessing and everything should be perfect and everything should be fine and everything should be new. Man, you give your heart to Christ, then you walk out the door and you get completely attacked because that's what the enemy does. You're no different than Jesus. You're no different than him. And I'll tell you why, and I'm going to try to explain this the best way. But most of us, you don't, get, you don't get attacked in the church. You get attacked when you go to the wilderness. Right? That's usually where it happens, when you're alone. But you know what's weird about that? That's also the place God wants you. God wants you in the wilderness. He wants you alone where nothing else can bother you nothing else can get into your mind nothing else can cause chaos in your life he wants you away from all the things of the world because he's a jealous God and he loves you and he wants to spend time with just you but we get so caught up with everything else in the world we forget to give him time so he says I'll just put you in the wilderness he did it look uh he did it to Jesus so like I said if it happened to Jesus it can happen to you uh and if you go to uh Matthew 3 15 through 17. I'm not even at my go-to verse, but we'll get there one of these days and I'll tell you where I'm coming from. Uh, Matthew 3, 15 through 17, uh, out of the passion. And this is right after, this is when, uh, right after John, John the Baptist is, guess where he is? He's in the wilderness baptizing people, so you need to understand that. And here comes Jesus to the wilderness to get baptized. And, and, and he already tells him, you know, you're gonna baptize me. And John's like, nah, <laughs> that ain't happening. He goes, yeah, it needs to happen. So you need to do it. And this is where we pick it up. It says, Jesus replied, it is only right to do all that God requires. Then John baptized Jesus. And as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him. And he saw a Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, this is my son, the beloved. My greatest delight is in him. So that's the first thing that happens. He gets baptized and he gets renamed. This happens twice in the Bible. But he calls him by his name. He says, you are my beloved. I love you. You're you're my greatest delight. Then the very next verse, pick it up in Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. And the first thing the enemy wants to do, if you keep reading down in verse three, it says the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God. And this is what happens to people when they're born again, when they're not even born again. There's a difference between being saved and being born again. So when people get saved, what happens is the first thing that happens, they get saved. And then all of a sudden the enemy comes in and says, are you sure? Jesus just did it. He just got said he was beloved. His delight was him, and then the enemy comes and says, are, are you the son of God? 
starts questioning his identity that God gave him. And that's going to happen to you. That will happen to you. That's why you got to find that secret place. You got to find a place where God can fill you up so much that you have the ability. See, the thing isn't you just don't do good things. You allow God to move in your heart so much that you want to do good things because of him. Like you can't resist to do good things. But it takes falling in love with him and allowing him to love on you. And that ain't just going to happen all Sunday. You guys sticking with me? (laughs) And here's the problem. It's just not the enemy. Like, you get saved, guess what happens? You come to church, someone brings you to church, you find your way into church, God wrecks you, you give your heart to Christ and you walk out and not only is the enemy attacking you, your family's attacking you, your friends are attacking you, your, your workmates are attacking you, they're like, who are you? You're weird. You're different. What are you doing? You know what? I want to be weird. I want to be different. Because guess what? Jesus didn't dumb down what he was doing so people would like him. He wanted to be completely different than anything else you saw in the world so people would come and go, I want what you have. Man, it is okay to be weird and different, especially when you're getting pushed by the Holy Spirit. Man, I want to be known as the weird church. (laughs) Oh, people, what is wrong with these people? Man, we're just in love with Jesus, and he loves us. And it's just going to flow out to everybody around us. Man. So it's okay to be set apart. The Bible says you'll be set apart. It means you're going to be different. That's okay. You need to own the difference. There is nothing wrong with being different. So one of the best ways to access, uh, to gain that access to accept him is obviously you need to Accept the fact that you're loved. That's tough. Because I've had people tell me they love me before, and it don't mean nothing. So we have a hard time believing that somebody loves you that much. That's the first step is understanding his love. So what I'm going to share with you, um, this is going to be what I call my go-to verse, and I'm only going to read part of it today. Um, but man, I've been studying this scripture and going through it and it's been on my heart and every time I get into it, it just, man, it hits and I, and I just, I want you to do the same thing. When I have a go-to verse, I want you to study that thing. I want you to highlight that in your Bible. I want you to do all the research, man. You need to test the word that comes out of my mouth. I want you to be, to be challenging what I say. I want you to understand that, that, that dig as deep as you can to understand what God's trying to say to you. Because he's going to speak to us all different through the same verse. But man, this is good. So we're going to be in Isaiah 62. Isaiah 62. And I'm going to read 1 through 6. And we might explain some of it. We might get into some of it. I don't know. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen. And I don't even know what. I know version is going to be on the screen. I'm going to read whatever one I have in here. I might have changed it. It's not production's fault. Everything changed from last night till tonight and this morning. So it just happens that way. So it says, for Zion's sake, how can I keep silent? For Jerusalem's sake, how can I remain quiet? I will keep interceding until her righteousness breaks forth like the blazing light of dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. 
nations will see your victory vindication. And every king will witness your blinding radiance. You will be called a brand new name. Given to you from the mouth of Yahweh himself. You will be a beautiful crown held high in the hand of Yahweh. A royal crown of splendor held in the open palm of your God. You will never again be called the abandoned one. Nor will your land be called deserted. But you will be called my delight is in you. And your land my beloved wife. For Yahweh finds his delight in you. And he married your land. As a young man marries the young woman he loves. So your builder's sons will marry you. As the bridegroom finds joy in his union with his bride. So you. So will your God take joy in his union with you. I. That's like one through five. I'm going to stop there. I don't know if there's more. But I was reading this, and I just can't get out of it because I can't, I can't stop thinking about how God's speaking over our church right now. This is what I saw. The first time I read it, I was like, come on. God is marrying himself to our land. He says, you know what? I'm going to have a covenant with your land that's going to go generations. To gen- you can't break a covenant. And he says, why am I going to do it? Because of the oneness, the wholeness, how much you guys seek me. I love you, and therefore I'm coming at you. And I refuse to break it off. So what you get to see is him placing his hands, placing his blessings, declaring it over this land, the land he gave us, his land. And then as I kept reading, I kept realizing, man, you can can break it down from, and you can question who's he talking to. This is a prophet talking, and I believe you can prophesy things back then, and you can prophesy things from then up into the future. I believe he's speaking to us. He's speaking to each and every person in here. And Yahweh, if you've never heard that, that is God. And he loves his people. He wants to see his people, his love, his, his, his beloved. He wants to see them vindicated for everything they've been through in their life. And he loves us that much. In the beginning of that, it says he won't keep quiet. He's never going to stop till everybody knows. We're going to make such a noise. He said, you're going to make such a noise in this city. You're going to make such a noise in this nation. People are going to want to know what is going on at Destiny Church. What is going on in Montgomery, Alabama? That's what he's saying. He goes, and you're going to be a crown. I'm going to lift you up like a treasured jewel. Mm. And he says, you'll be called a new name that... God will give you. Come on. Because when you become one with him, you get to keep that same name. And he's going to give us a brand new name. That name, in some Bibles, it'll tell you it's Hephzibah. Hephzibah. It says, the Lord delights in you. That is your name. The Lord delights in you. You've got to accept that. You've got to under you've got to receive that as a people to understand how much he loves you and there is nothing you can do to break his love for you. He is love. <laughs> so nothing else can come out of him but love. But man, we've been raised in religion, we've been raised in all kinds of things that says you have to earn your way to him. And he says, "No, I love you just the way you are." I love you in every mess you're in. I love you in everything you're doing. I love you. I delight in you. That is your name. 
I delight in you. You see it in John. John doesn't even refer. John says, man, who are you? I'm the one Jesus loves. <laughs> Come on, can you imagine walking around like that? Who are you? Uh, the one Jesus loves. You didn't know? We should be walking around going, I'm Hephzibah. He delights in me. Every morning, he delights in me. You need to be waking up every morning and say, you delight in me, Lord. It doesn't matter how bad my night was. It doesn't matter what happened. Because what religion will tell you is that when you mess up, when, when you have a bad day, when you make a bad choice, then now you can't even go speak to him. And he says, no, I delight in you. I love you still. We don't serve a God that punishes. We serve a God that disciplines. That's discipleship. He's going to educate us and treat us and, and, and teach us and love on us. See, we always talk about obedience. Obedience is huge. In the Bible, to God, obedience is big. But you know how you get obedience? You don't get obedience by just doing it. You get obedience by loving him so much you can't stop doing it. So when people say, I can't quit sinning, love God more. I, I can't do that. Love God more. The more you love him, the more you cannot not do it. That's just the way he operates. Man, pour into him. Love on him. Oh, I don't know where I'm at. So what you need to know is that when you have an identity change, things happen. <laughs> when there's a change in ownership, when there's a, look, even when you get married, you know, when you get married, what happens? You get a new name, ladies. <laughs> you get a new name. And some of you accept it and some of you don't. But it's a new name. Why? Because there was a change. You're going to love this. There was a change in ownership. <laughs> I can only get away with that up here because my wife's down there. I love you, baby. But here's the thing. You got to accept it, though. You have to accept it. And when you accept that, when you accept your new name, when you accept the name he gives you, Hephzibah, guess what? It starts rocking you in your heart. It starts changing the way you believe. It changes the way you feel. It changes the way you walk. It starts working from the inside out. See, that's how it works. Inside out, not outside in. Oh. You know, I was, there, there's a lot of, I can tell you this, and there's a lot of people that have never experienced that. There's a lot of Christians that, 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 that come into church on a Sunday and they've said that salvation prayer, but they've never, they've never actually walked into the being born again part. When you're born again, everything changes. When you're born again, you get a new name. When you're born again, you say, you know what, Lord, I am all in for you. I'm not just saved. I'm, I'm, I'm all in for you, and I want you to change my name, and I want you to direct every step I take, and I trust you with everything I have. Then you're born again. See that born again part? Whew. That's when God meets you in your secret place, and he starts pouring into you in ways that you've never expected to, and all of a sudden things start opening up. You get so filled with love, you can't stop. And when people call you, they can't get a hold of you because guess what? You're studying the Bible. You're in the Word. And they're like, you're weird. You're like, I love it. I love it. Oh, I'd rather be weird than lost. Mm. All right, so when you get this new identity, uh, we're going to change your name. It also changes your nature. See, this, that's the first step, I think, in there is you get this 
prior to salvation, a lot of people are, are what we call self, uh, they, they serve themselves. They're, they're selfish. So, so when you turn that over and you surrender to God, what happens is now he, he shifts everything and he turns your selfish to selfless. And now you start serving him. See, that's a big point. You can start seeing that. When people start saying, you know what? I'm going to serve you. It's no longer about me, about my needs, about my wants, about what I want to do, whether I want to come to church, whether I want to get involved. None of that matters because it's now about him. God, what do you want me to do? What are you asking me to do? And you're like, well, how do you get that? You got to spend time with him. That doesn't happen in here. That happens in your secret place at your house alone with him. See, that's the key to obedience. The, the obedience comes from that alone time, that, that getting filled up with his love, that allows you to obey him. So the people that are having problems with obedience are people that don't spend enough time with him. Man, that'll, that'll, that'll burn some bridges with some people. Because you've got to understand his love for you. That's the whole thing. This, this first part of identity is understanding how much he loves you. He changed a couple names in the Bible. You can see them all over the place. Um, I'll share a little bit about, about Abram. Because I believe when you, when you change, multiple things happen in you. When you accept his love and you, and you give him access, he starts changing things in your life. And he started changing Abram when he actually started saying, I'm going to serve you. Like wholeheartedly serve you. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do everything you say. And it took him quite a few years to do that. You know, he first calls him out in, when he's like 75. And when he's 99, he finally gives him a new name in that area. So 24 years, he's serving him, but he's kind of still doing some stuff. He's listening, but he's not acting as fast as he should. There, there's, there's some disconnect. But when he finally goes all in, um, he changes his name. Genesis 17, 1 through 7, it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. And Abram fell face down. That was the moment. That was the moment that he fell. That was the moment that he said, I surrender everything to you. And as for me, he said, this is my covenant to you. You will be a father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you and I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. So he got to experience all that because God gave to, came to him in his secret place. He didn't do that in front of 10,000 people. He said, I'm going to gather you and when you allow me to come in, when you spend time with me, I'm going to change your identity. And because you let me do that, you're going to be a father of all nations. He could have said no. <laughs> that would have changed a lot of things. But because he chose to serve him, he changed his name. I just think it took him a while to do it. Because I think it took him a while to, to understand how much he loved him. That's me. That's when I read that and I start reading how long he obeyed him. Because he, he obeyed. 
Abraham, Abraham obeyed, but man, when I look how long it took for him to actually have his name changed, I thought, how long did it take you to actually accept the fact that you're beloved? That he loves you dearly, that he delights in you. But when he finally did it, that's when you see the change. That's when you see everything start moving. It didn't stop there. I love it because he says yes, he gets his name changed and his wife's name gets changed. She becomes the mother of nations. So see, I'm telling you, when, 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 when you're walking in it, you can bring people around you into it. You'll be so saturated, it'll drip off you on everybody. Come on, that's the, I know that's my favorite word now, saturate, but it's true. So how long have you been fighting God about who you are? How long has he been working on your heart and you're just still not surrendering to that? Not bowing down, not saying, God, only you. Because we're going to feel all kinds of things. <laughs> you're going to feel unwanted. You're going to feel useless. You're going to feel beat up. You're going to feel all these things. But your feelings ain't real. It's what God says about you that are real. And you need to obey that, walk in that, believe in that, accept that, get filled up with that, and then you'll be able to walk out what he asked you to walk out. So listen to what he says, not what you feel. Revelations 2.17. Revelation 2.17. I don't even know if you got that one. You might. We're going all the way to the back of the book. It says, but the one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is presently saying to all the churches. Man, you've got to have an open heart to hear that. To everyone who is victorious, I will let him feast on the hidden manna and give him a shining white stone. And written upon the white stone is inscribed his new name, known only to the one who receives it. Come on, I want to go all the way back to the fact that those that are victorious, those that, that stick this out, guess what? They're going to feast on what? Hidden manna. Hidden manna. That, that is, you know, if you didn't go back in the Bible, he brought a manna. That's what kept him alive. It's the word. It's, it's him. And he goes, I'm going to give you hidden manna, which means nobody knows what I'm giving you directly. So each one of us is going to have our own perfect plate of manna just for us. Knowledge just for us. Wisdom just for us. Guidance just for us. And that happens now when you say, God, I want more of you. When you, when you totally submit to that and say, I just want to be around you more, he's going to start bringing that to you. It says he's given them a shiny white stone. You know, I had to look this one up, but in the first century A.D., it says the white stone became an engagement stone. It later took on the form of engagement ring with the white stone being represented as a diamond. So he wants to give you an engagement ring. He loves you that much that he wants to be in a covenant, in a marriage with you that can't be broken. And on that stone what would happen would be the bridegroom would give his bride a white stone and then a special name engraved under it. It was a pet name or an, a term of endearment that nobody else, nobody else could see. Nobody else would know. It was only a name for his bride. 
So the name God's given you is written on the stone that he's going to give to you that nobody else knows how he loves you so much and he has a pet name for you. He has a term of endearment just for you. And that's your new name that he gave you. He loves you that much. And our hardest part is receiving that. Our hardest part is understanding that somebody can love me that much. And that's hard. Because we live in a world that's broken down. We live in a fractured world. So when he changes your name, I'm telling you, he's, this is where we get it backwards. We think that when we change our character, God will change our name. And God says, no, it's the other way around. I'll accept you as you are. And if you let me into your heart, if you allow me to rule your life, I'll take you right where you're at. And because of me, I will change your character. But see, we, we get in this, we get in this tough way. I've seen churches where people come in, you're like, well, well, you you can't come in here looking like that. How come you're not wearing your Sunday best? You can't come in and worship like that. We don't do that in here. I see that. I see that happening. And what I think about is I think about the, the fact that, that he loves us that much that he says, you know what? I don't care what you look like, how you act, what you do. Once you let me in, I'll fix it all. So as a church, we should be accepting anybody in and saying it's okay because God loves you. I love you because if God's love is in us, it'll be in everybody else. And then when that happens, guess what? They start changing. There's a character change. And look, it just depends on how far you're willing to go. You can see a completely changed person. You can be, yeah, it just depends on how far you want to go. It's all up to you. You control the amount of, of, of change in your life. Because at some point, you'll say, I'm done. I'm just good enough. And you can just keep going. And he'll take you from glory to glory to glory. See, everybody likes that verse. I want to go from glory to glory to glory. But they don't realize you can't go from glory to glory if you're not going nowhere. You got to go from glory. <laughs> you're going to be stuck there while everybody else is doing everything else. You okay, brother? Someone go lay hands on him. How you doing? <laughs> That's what happens when you start jumping around in church. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I want to talk about another person that, that, that father changes his name, and that's when he changes Jacob to Israel. I think this is where some of us get caught up. So I want to go to Genesis 32, 24 through 28. Genesis 32. 24 through 28 and what you see catch you up to this spot just so you can catch up if you don't know what's going on here you have Jacob uh, and Esau and their brothers um, they're born to Isaac Isaac has the two sons Esau's first so Esau has the entire inheritance goes to him so he gets everything that that's that's the rules but they're twins so Jacob came out they named him Jacob because it means um deceiver but he's also had his hand on his heel so he came out like right after him and what Jacob does is he goes in and deceives his entire life which is how he gets everything from his father he deceives him pretends to be his brother all kinds of stuff 
So, and it leads, you'll see him go throughout his life like this, to where his brother wants to kill him. So Jacob leaves. So now you see Jacob fleeing, right? He, he's living in this life of deceit. Here's the thing, God's still touching him. God's still blessing him. But he can't go any deeper because he's stuck. He's stuck. And this is where I'm going to pick it up in on 22. It says, um, this is where Jacob has to go back and he's got to face his brother. And he thinks his brother is going to kill him. So now he, he, what he does is he says, man, all these people are going to come kill us. So he starts dividing up his, his people and he tries to get them off in different directions so that they all won't die at once. You know? and, but here, here's where we pick it up. And it says, that night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabuk. Is that how you say that, Daniel? Help me here. I think it's Jabuk. Looks good. Jabok. After he had, hey, look, he's my thesaurus guy right there. Like I, if I don't get it right, he'll tell me. Um, so uh, it says, after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So here's Jacob, sends his family, sends everything across this river, this stream. Then he sends all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. That's what it says. Jacob was left alone in the wilderness by himself where God wants him. And it says, a man wrestled with him till daybreak. He was alone. So what man are they talking about? It says, a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when that man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. There means where he was, which was in his secret place, which was in the wilderness, which was all by himself. When God came down and said, Jacob, I want to rename you. And Jacob said, you can't rename me because I'm full of deceit. You can't rename me because all the stuff I've done in my life, I can't accept your love. And he wrestled with God. He wrestled with him. How many people here today are wrestling with God because you don't think he can take you to the next level because you're so caught up with the stuff you used to do? When he said, I took it all from you, give it to me. Quit worrying about what you did in your past. Submit to him. Let him work in your heart. Surrender your heart to him and watch how he'll rename you. Watch how he'll grab you and he'll use you for bigger and better things. But we have so many people wrestling God. And when you get in your secret place, he's telling you, I love you. And you're saying, you can't. No one's ever loved me through this. And he says, I will. If you just let me. If you just let me. See, he was ashamed. He was ashamed before God. Same way some of us approach his throne when we come to him, ashamed. And he says, don't be ashamed. I delight in you. And if you let me, I can make it better. If you let me, I can work on your heart and I can change stuff. If you let me. He's never leaving you there. He's never saying, like there's too many people that think that, that they get saved, they can't approach God, say God's on that side of the room, they can't approach him. 
Because they're like, I got to get better first. I got to straighten up my act before I go try to talk to him. And he's like, no, if you just experience me and experience my love, I'll make you better. Quit staying away from me. Come closer to me. That's the only way you're going to get saturated. Because he's dripping wet with his love. And it's not going to touch you if you don't get close to him. And you can't do it on your own. Too many people say, I'll go to church when I straighten up. And you never see him in church. So he was living in fear. And that's what it does. When you, when you, when, when you trust God, because he did. He was being blessed. He was doing powerful things. But he got to a point where he couldn't go any further. And because of that, he was fearful. And that fear comes in. And that fear will stop you from doing what God wants you to do. That fear will hold you back. That fear is the one thing that's going to keep you from doing what God wants you. I'm telling you, when you can get over the fear of worrying about what anybody else thinks and just say, God, only you. Only you. Same thing I say with worship, man. When, when you can actually just worship him like you want to worship him and not worry about what anybody thinks, God will start wrecking you inside. He'll fill you up so much. It doesn't matter. It ain't for anybody else. So never let anybody tell you you can't worship the way you want to worship. So what's stopping you from receiving the love that Father wants to give you? You need to identify that. You need to figure out what it is in your heart right now that's stopping you from allowing him to move inside of you. I want you to surrender that today. In fact, before we leave, I'm going to bring Kevin up here and whoever else wants to pray. I'm not leaving yet, Kevin. Don't get excited. He was like, yes, we're out early. It's lunchtime. No, Kev. <laughs> hmm. But I believe we can leave that here today. I don't want you leaving today. If that's where you, if you're walking in that fear, if you're walking with a name that somebody else gave you and you're walking with a shame that you're not supposed to carry, I don't want you leaving here today until we pray over you, until we lay hands on you, until God frees you from that. I just don't want you leaving. You need to walk out of here free. So God wants to call you by a new name. When he does, your character will change. But it's going to happen in your secret place. And in your secret place, you know, Jazzy was touching on this in worship. Man, that's where, whew, you know, we praise him and we, we, we worship him all the time. You know what? He loves us so much, he wants to praise us. <laughs> he, he, he wants to say, hey, man, I love you. But we don't sit quietly enough in our little tiny place enough to hear his love to hear him just tell us how much he loves us. We don't do it. Like I said, it's the same thing. You know, so you get access. So that's the access I'm talking about. When you surrender to him, when you let him in, you get new identity, you have access to him, full access to him in anything you want to do. And the second little bit I'll talk about, I'll probably pick up the rest next week, is, is he also gives you authority. See, See, your badge, your new identity gives you authority. Once again, I can go back to the rank in the military. You lose your name. You just keep getting ranks. They call you by your rank. As you move up, it's your rank moves up. And with your rank comes authority. Well, as God renames you, what comes with that is just not a name, but the authority to walk in what he wants you to walk in. And the more you seek him and the more you allow him to tell you how much he loves you and the more you accept the fact that he delights in you, the more authority you get. 
So you can have as much as authority in the spiritual realm and on this earth as you want if you decide to sink in and just go all in with him, if you ask him for it, if you spend time with him. John 1.12, John 1.12 says, But those who embraced him and took hold of his name, he gave authority to become children of God. You are sons and daughters, heirs of a kingdom. And you can have that here on earth. You don't have to wait on till heaven. We can start operating with more power than we've ever experienced. We can start activating things just out of our belief in him, our faith in him and his love in us. It's a royal priesthood. And I'm probably going to dig into all these more on another day. But we carry the authority of the Father. When we speak to things, they move. You have that ability. You have that ability to call things out. You have the ability to speak to depression. You have the ability to, to speak to your finances. You have the ability to speak to your marriage. You have the ability to speak to the addiction. You have the ability to do it. And I just think sometimes he's like, quit asking me to do stuff that I gave you the ability to do. He says, just come on and just do what I've asked you to do. I gave you the power. I gave you the authority. Just walk in it. Pull the badge out and walk into it. Because that's what he's telling us to do. So walk in his authority. But it's so important that you understand that we're loved by God. That transformation comes from the inside. That new identity comes from him. That new access comes from him. It's all in your identity. The authority comes from him. Because he named you Hephzibah. He delights in you. He really does. And you need to start accepting that in your life. That he delights in you. And he loves you that much. So I could tell you all day about my life, uh, my stories. There's a lot of stuff I didn't even get to today. But um, I've shared my testimony before. But I think testimonies are powerful. I think when you get to hear somebody's story, it lets you know that, man, there is a God. And he can do anything when you surrender to him. So I want to invite up somebody that wants to share his testimony today. And I encourage you, if this moves you and you have a testimony you want to share, you just let me know. So, Dustin, you want to come up here? Come on, let's give Dustin a hand. He's going to share this morning. There's a mic right over there, brother. Just don't drink my water. I won't. Dustin. I'm married to Jessica. Uh, so I was praying. I've been talking to DJ about this for a while, and I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. So I asked God, and I was reading my Bible the other day, and he gave me 1 Timothy. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, it says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it 
in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that came from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I was the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners, then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. I was a drug addict. Uh, I've tried to commit suicide three times. I've OD'd three or four times. I have come a long way in the past four years, five years. I've been to rehab. God has just wrecked me to the point and brought me to that beautiful woman sitting right there holding that beautiful baby. I was picked on. I was pushed around. I was... I'm just so thankful that God has wrecked me the way he has because I wouldn't be standing here. And I just, I want to say this. If any of y'all are struggling with addictions or perversions or looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at or doing things that you shouldn't be doing, I will help you. I've been there. I've done all of it. I have done so much in my life that honestly, I cannot believe that God would still want me to be his. So thank y'all for listening. And... And here's the thing, you know, if you don't know him, God didn't just bring him a church family. God brought him a wife and a baby and two sons. Come on, that's how God, he doesn't give you just what you want. He said, I'm going to give you everything I want to give you. And it doesn't matter how far you're gone, what you've done, what you've been through. He says, I love you that much. But it made him make a decision. And he said, you know what, I got to seek him. And I've watched this young man grow. I've watched him at small groups. I've watched him in Bible studies. I've watched him come out to Fat Tuesdays and Tuesdays at the table. And I've watched him just absorb everything that God wanted to give him. And because of that, he's using him in a mighty way. Because of that, God's blessing him and bringing favor upon him. And there's power in a testimony. There is power in a, that testimony is more powerful than anything you can say. Because it's real. You can't deny that. He's standing in front of you saying, I was lost and now I'm found. Man. And guess what, man? Hephzibah. He delights in you, brother. Mm. Whew. We'll just finish up because this is good. 
I really don't care. I could be here all day. It don't bother me. But I'm going to respect y'all. Look, I don't want to be like any other church. I really don't. I want to be one that embodies Hephzibah. I want people to come in here and understand that they are delighted by God and God can use them in a mighty way. It doesn't matter what they've been through or what they're going through. And I want us to be a church that delights in him and him delight in us. Because, man, that's when you start seeing the power of God move is when you understand your identity with him, when you understand that he's renamed you and he has a better name for you and a better plan for you. And we're going to walk that out as a church. And it's going to cause us to go deeper. It's going to cause us to seek in ways that you've probably never thought of before. And it's not going to look like everybody. It's not going to sound like everybody. But man, I don't want what everybody has. I want what God has. I don't care what everybody thinks. Because man, he's he's got his hands on us. And we're going to honor that. And we're going to honor his place and his house. We're going to honor his land. And we're going to let his will be done in everything that we touch. Amen. You all get something out of this today? Come on. Uh, Well, I tell you, it's a. um, I want to pray with everybody today. And and I want to have our prayer partners be ready to come up here. Because like I said before, I don't want you leaving here with the same stuff you came in here with. There is no need to. You can, you can empty it here at the altar. You can just turn it over and say, let's, and we have prayer partners that will do that this morning. So if that's you and you're a prayer partner, be ready. But I want to pray for everybody else this morning. I just want to pray that God starts moving in our heart and, and in our life. So, Father, we thank you. Oh, we love you, Lord. You're so good. We thank you for your love. We thank you that no matter what we've ever done, God, that you've been right beside us saying, you know what, I love you. And I delight in you. And I want to discipline you because I love you. So I want to teach you how to do it right. I love the fact we serve a God that that wants to fill us up the right way to where it makes us not want to do anything that doesn't represent him, that doesn't honor him. So, Father, I ask you to touch each person in here. Those, Father, that have never surrendered that far. Those Christians that, that, that Lord, uh, they're saved, but, God, they have not been born again. They have not surrendered it all to you. They hadn't said, come in and change my name. So, Father, you know their hearts. You know the minds in this house right now. You see their, you see everything right now. God, you're looking through them. So, Father, I ask you to move in their hearts, move in, move in their lives. And, Father, we're going to ask that, that just here in a second, Father, you bring them forward. Father, you, you bring them out of their seats to come get prayed for. Father, but I ask you to touch them right where they're at. So for those, I pray you give them the courage, Father God, to trust you in this, to to, to trust you in the fact that you want them to walk in freedom with a brand new name. Oh, Father, we just love you. And I thank you for this word today. I thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you for Dustin, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in his life. And for everybody else in here that has a testimony, God, I ask that you you loose that freedom on them to, to be able to share what God's brought them through. So, Father, we surrender that to you. And, Father, right now I pray for those, Lord, that don't know you. Those that are sitting here and they just don't have a relationship with you. They need to know the Father. or They haven't had a relationship with you in so long they forget even what it's like. Father, I ask you touch them right now. I ask you move right now in this place. So maybe it's the first time or first time in a long time. But if you want to surrender your heart to Christ, if you want it to start right now, if you want to say, you know, from this day forward, I want to have a new identity. I want to have a new name. I want to have access and authority that other people have. 
I want to walk in freedom. If that's you, look, just raise your hand. Let me see, because I want to I pray with you. I see it. I see it. I see it. Anybody else? I see it. I see them. Come on. I see them all over the room. Come on. Let's go. Come on. See, the Bible says that, 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 that the price of sin is death. That's what it is. The price of sin is death. And somebody's got to pay that price. So God sent his son to pay that price for you. So when you surrender your heart to him, when you say, rename me, when you say, God, take everything from me and I submit to you, when you make this declaration, when you believe it in your heart and you speak it with your mouth, guess what? He's dying on the cross. He died on the cross for you. Because there's those that, guess what? They don't make this decision and they will die. They're going to pay the price. But those that surrender to him, he will pay that price for you. He already did. So in Romans 10, 9, 10, it says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we start it with a prayer. And you can do this in your secret place. You can do it in here. But we're going to do it as a, as a church. And it's, it, like I said, this is, this is believing in your heart. So it starts there in your heart. There's got to be a belief in your heart, a faith in your heart in him so let's just say this prayer together say jesus i need you I kept you out of my life for too long i can't do it on my own change me rename me oh <laughs> come into my life be my savior i know you died on the cross you rose again just for me today i surrender my life to you in Jesus name amen come on let's give it up this morning man if you said that prayer you have signed your way in but now if you want the access and the authority you need to sink in if you want to see what God can do in your life you need to sink in you need to go all in in your private time find time for him in your life find time allow him to come in and change your heart amen I love you guys and I'll turn it over to Kevin. Amen. All right, part two. Hello. <laughs> Look, they won't even cut my mic on, you see? All right. Thank you, Jesus. Hello. Oh, God is so good. You know, when Pastor DJ was talking about this, I, it reminded me of what I used to tell my teens. Y'all want to hear what I used to tell my teens? Uh, I used to tell them uh, the difference between born again. I used to say... Um, I used to say, can we all agree that Jesus is bigger than a bus, right? Jesus is bigger than a bus. And I used to tell them, you know, I, I would get them all out and I would say, you stand right there. And I said, hey, listen, if a bus came at you 60 miles per hour and just pancaked you, would you look the same? And they said, absolutely not. And I said, but some of you claim to have had an encounter with Jesus and you look the same. That's right. And then they'd be like, oh. <laughs> but they know I love them. But, you know, I, and it's so true that I would think about that. I would think about that. I would say, Lord, you know, our, our walk with Christ, the, the love that we get from the Father is not based on acts or it's not based on, you know, this Levitical mindset and how many times you fasted today and prayed today. And it's not, you know, he loves you unconditionally. 
But when you realize that and when you have that revelation that he does, they should be a, a different you. You should look different. And like we said, you know, when, we, when I started talking, Jesus is bigger than a bus. And so we as his, you know, we as his followers should look like him. We should look different. So anyways, that's just something small, Pastor DJ. I didn't mean to piggyback on what you said, but um, <laughs> I kind of did. Hey, um, so, <laughs> oh, I love this. I can't believe I get to do this. This is just awesome to me. Uh, but I'm just excited for this, this opportunity to be up here with you guys. Uh, if you don't know, if you're new, this is the time in our service where we choose to worship with our giving and our tithes. And if you're new or if you're just visiting, by the way, this isn't for you. Uh, you don't have to worry about this at all. Uh, this is just for people who call Destiny Church home. Uh, but if you want to worship with us, of course, you know, uh, you can. There's a couple of different ways you can give. Uh, it's on the, on the screen there. Uh, we'll have the ushers by the door on the way out. But I'm just so thankful and grateful. And I really didn't know the word uh, Pastor DJ was going was gonna to preach today. But you did awesome, by the way. I, I loved it. It was awesome. It's so funny because he doesn't think so. He's like, oh, man, I was everywhere. But I, I love it when, you know, the Holy Spirit's like, nah, I'm just going to give you tidbits, tidbits as you're going. Um, but I just love it because there really isn't a greater identity that you can find than being the, a son and daughter, like it, the beloved. Like it, it's just so awesome. And so I'm thankful to be up here today. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and pray. I know uh, some of you guys already have reservations at the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> nah, just kidding. Uh, but let's go ahead. If, can you guys do me a favor and just stand to your feet? Oh, thank you, Father. Mm. Let's just stand to your feet as we go boldly before the throne room of God. Mm. Go ahead and close your eyes. Father God, we thank you. And we're here today, God. We're choosing to go into your throne room, God. We're choosing to be in your presence right now, Father. God, we thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Who are we that you would love us, God? I thank you, Jesus, for loving all of us, God, loving my brother Dustin, thank you, Lord Jesus, that, oh, Lord, we were the dogs that were eating the crumbs, Lord, you love us, Jesus, thank you so much, God, we are so grateful, Daddy, for, for your love, your mercy, your grace, your compassion towards us, thank you that you delight in us, God, thank you for that, Father, we love you, and this morning we choose to worship you with our tithes and with our offering, God. We choose to worship you, God, with everything that we have, with our time and our effort, God. We choose to worship you this morning, Father. So, God, I just thank you, Father, and I ask in the name of Jesus that you bless this people, God, that you would bless them and they're going and they're coming, and, and wherever they go, Father God, that you would bless them, God. Father, would you bless them with favor? Would you bless them with supernatural revelations, God? Would you bless them with words, God? Would you bless them with your Holy Spirit, God? Would you bless them with, with a fresh anointing, a fresh feeling of your presence, God? I just feel like there's people in here who have been dying to feel his presence again. God, I just ask you in the name of Jesus right now, God, that you would breathe on them with the Holy Ghost right now. And God, and then as they go home and, and as they get into that secret place, Holy Ghost, would you show up? And would they be able to feel your presence tangibly in the name 
of Jesus, God. I thank you, Father. I thank you that you want us. You want us, Father. And so we choose you today. Jesus, we surrender all that we are and all that we have to you right now. In Jesus' name, I thank you for your people. And I bless them in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hey, listen up. If you need prayer, our prayer partners will be up here. Uh, And so God bless you. We ask that you have a blessed week. And we hope to see you next week. Thank you.